Welcome to Co-op Mode Reviews, a monthly video game podcast where four guys talk about a video game of their choice. I'm Mike Espy. They call me Josh. And I'm Ben T. We got a guest. And and our guest tonight is the individual uh, who suggested we play this game. Although I think we were going to play this anyway, but the hell with it. Our friend, Justin Sims. Hey, thanks for having us. Crowd goes wild. Just, 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 I love you. He's getting a little creepy now. Thank you. I hear you. Hey, Josh just says hello. We just tell you we love you. And (laughs) Josh, you can't hear us? I appreciate all of that. No, I just have to, uh, you're going to have to edit this out, but like this mobile app, when like my phone goes to sleep, if I'm not touching it constantly, it just like disconnects me from the call. <laughs> like, oh, that's terrible! Can you extend your display time? You can, so that your phone doesn't go to sleep. I could, but I'll probably get in a crash and die in a fiery wreck right now. Oh, you're driving. Yep. Josh lives out in LA, by the way, and LA traffic sucks, even despite having six fucking lanes to deal with. That is. Just make sure you true, give us your bones. <laughs> I'm sorry, San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. My bad, I did. A couple hours south, but yeah, it's still bad traffic. Okay. Anyway, so uh, tonight we are discussing uh, for a 60-second episode, Batman Arkham Knight, <gasps> Rocksteady's third <gasps> and final entry into the Batman series. <gasps> um, Unless you include the Batman VR game. I or even Origins, but then again, I'm not sure. No, that's that's Montreal Games. That was a filler, so never mind. That does not count. Yeah. But what? Batman Origins. Nothing. Go. Batman. Just go. God damn it. Okay. Anyway, while Ben is eating some special edibles right now, uh, <sighs> God damn it, dude. I wish. Ah, this is throwing me off so hardcore. Anyway, uh, the third and final trilogy into the Batman series, uh, released on the PS4. Um, I remember a while about, a while back when this was announced, it got an uh, M rating. And kind of a lot of people were in a little bit of an uproar. Not a little bit. They were in an uproar about the rating. Um, after playing the game, I'm not too entirely sure why because i felt like a lot of the material from the previous two games i saw in this game but i'm not really sure why they am exactly but other than that um is that but, really true i didn't even remember the what the rating of the first two was was it team it was t yeah wasn't it just straight up uh, murder in this game like you like you watch like the joker shoot barbara like in her spine yeah and you just uh, watch her, like, probably die. Uh, and you watch... And what? people, like, shoot themselves in the head. Well, that you didn't... Or that opening sequence, like, where you're the cop, and or then you're just straight up you getting attacked by... every time you drive over somebody by... in the Batmobile. <laughs> oh, okay. What was that, Justin? I'm sorry? Uh, the opening sequence where everyone starts freaking out, and you start to get attacked by demon zombie people. <laughs> Like the fear gas goes off in the diner and you start shooting at the diners while you're on fear gas. Yeah. And then like, and it's not just violence. It's also sexual content. Poison Ivy doesn't wear pants. (laughs) She just wears like moss underwear. 
Awesome. That's what I wear. <laughs> <laughs> mine, are, mine, are, mine are in the laundry. Wait, that's not Moss. <laughs> oh, she dies. She dies her hair red. Oh right. no. Okay. <laughs> Do the curtains match the drapes? Oh. This is going off the rails, right? It. Okay. Uh. So yeah. Okay. I guess that's that's a great icebreaker right there, people. Uh, but yeah, uh, the game has a really interesting, uh, it starts off in a really interesting fashion. Um, it took me a while to figure out, but it shows, uh, a lifeless Joker and then you turn the controls, like you kind of like move your analog sticks on and to incinerate him and, and there he goes. And I just, I kind of thought that was like a nice little, I don't want to say closer, but I thought it was just nice to know that, you know. He's officially dead, but then throughout this game, it's, it's go ahead. I mean, it was just like the opening of the, like, it's the a, whole game. Like, I thought, yeah, it was it's the opening off. of the whole game, which is it's a great segue to show you where in the timeline of the story you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that we like know that he just died at the end of City. Mm hmm. Head judge. Yeah, I mean, what like a kick in the crotch to like start off this last game in the series, right? Like the most, one of the most iconic characters of the entire series just gets, you know, burnt <laughs> in this like incinerator. Like, I thought it was, was really awesome. Great way to open it up. I yeah, I I definitely love that, and I thought the incorporation of the Joker too. I really liked that because it just allowed. I just I felt like he he was a little bit more unchained um, than the previous two games. Not to say that his actions or what he said wasn't crazy, but I felt like he was definitely he had a lot more freedom to do and say whatever he wanted because it really at this point in the time of the game that the Joker is really in uh, is mentally and kind of psyching out Batman, which is. I thought kind of great because this is Batman's internal struggle here. And I'll touch upon how near the end of the game, I kind of wish um, they brought something back from Arkham Asylum that they didn't do in here. But I'll save that for another time later on that show and talk about that. So um, anyway, uh, Justin, so, so obviously I should, should have asked this earlier on. Uh, since you suggested it, uh, what was like? What what's the big allure for you for the bat with the Batman games? Like what what made you say like probably like anybody else like like why 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 Batman Arkham Knight? What is this like one of your favorite um, set of games that you've played recently or or all time? Like so, what what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts going through your head right now? Well. Besides just loving Batman in general, these are some of the best games that I've played. Uh, I'm not quite as hardcore as a gamer as you guys, but uh, I really enjoy just the overall dynamic of, for one, getting to embody Batman in a way, but just the entire gameplay of the entire series, all four games. 
And since uh, I was talking to Ben and I realized you guys hadn't played this yet uh, or reviewed it, and he mentioned that, hey, we should have you on the show sometime, I was like, well, this is going to be a game that I'm definitely going to buy, so here we are. And, woohoo! Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we got to play it. So what did you, what did you play it on, by the way? I played it on the computer, PC, through Steam. Which is the only one that I've played this through. The other ones have been played on PS3. Okay. So for me, uh, my background is I got it right when it came out. And I didn't have any problems that were surrounding the PC release of this game. I feel like I got really lucky. But it's also the first game that uh, that was on my PC right after I upgraded my 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 system. So... I put all brand new parts in the computer, and this was my my tryout game, my trial game to to see. Uh, this was my kind of my my first step into what I would say my next gen title, my first one of of like this next gen or this I guess current generation is what it is. Okay. Um. So yeah. That okay. When did you play the game? I played it the summer it came out, which would have been summer twenty fifteen. So it was like, I, I played yeah. it the first day it came out. Like, well, within reason, maybe within like a day or something like that, because I had to download it. Okay. Right here in the boonies. But, it, but essentially, I played it at release. It was one of, it was, this game and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain were the reasons for me getting an upgrade to my PC, because I knew they would both come out for PC. And then I started hearing all the news about surrounding the, re- the PC release, the PC port, and how Iron Galaxy kind of... It's kind of, it's kind of gray around what happened, but essentially the PC port came out and was essentially broken and would crash constantly. So much so that that ended up taking it off the Steam uh, store for a little while. Um, Luckily, I had a free copy with the video card that I got, and uh, that was the whole reason. Another reason for buying that card. and I was able to just have a code for it and, and be able to play it right away. But And luckily I did when I did because after so while they, they ended up taking it taking it away from the store and refunding everybody. And that's kind of where the Steam refunds came in and all that. So, um, so yeah, there was a lot of stuff happening around this game, but I don't think it's ever ran um, – it's ever ran poorly for me. And within certain recent upgrades, you've been able to run – uh, I don't know, Justin, about your system or anything like that, but uh, you're also able to up the, the, the frames. I, I, up, I up my uh, frames per second up to 60 uh, just so, you know, everything, just the movements and everything are so much smoother and, and, and just, uh, I guess, more realistic, I guess. I don't know. It's just it, it's a really impressive graphically, uh, a, a very impressive graphical game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially on the uh, PS4. That's what I played it on. Look good, yeah. Yeah, it it it's it is beautiful on the PS4 as well. Uh, I don't get sixty frames per second. I believe it clocks in at a steady thirty, which is which is fine. Uh, I played Arkham City on my PS3, and uh, Arkham Arkham Asylum was on my computer at the time, which I actually had an iMac running. Uh, Windows for a long while and then decided to ditch the iMac and go to strictly PC. But yeah, um, uh, playing on the PlayStation was... Uh, it's One of the things that I, I'm loving about the PS4 is just 
how well utilized that system was in Batman because the cityscape of, of, of Gotham City uh, just it's it just immaculate with uh, with the way the art design is like I mean every Batman game from Rocksteady has always looked great and this one is probably by far the best looking and that's and I think that should be commended because from one game to another, uh, it really enhances the uh, the environment that you are, you know, going to be in for uh, you know for the longest while. And in fact, this whole thing takes place in one evening, supposedly, which is kind of interesting uh, to say the least. So did think, all the others? Yeah, I was gonna say I think all the other ones did too. What, was definitely, it one? Okay, I don't remember that. Definitely part. Arkham. Definitely Arkham Asylum did. I don't know. I, I would assume mm-hmm. Arkham City did, because uh, you had like you had and, ten hours. And, I will release the blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. The same with Dark Arkham Strange. Origins as well, because he was inside. Oh yeah, it's Christmas Eve. The uh, Black Gate. Yeah, they're always on Christmas. That's interesting. Okay, cool. I, can, I played it on PS4. Also, and it looks just ridiculous. But this game is what, like, two years old now, and like I. Going back and replaying it, I still put this game up in the top, at least top ten best looking games I've ever played. Like it, it's still nice. spectacular. The lighting is amazing. Like you know, there's weather effects that you know affect um, you know the reflections and everything. It just looks incredible. And and like Justin was saying, like the attention to detail. You know, I mean, I could replay this game time and time again, and I guarantee pick up new things in the environment that they've placed. You know, that are just kind of little nod to uh you know to batman and the different nuances of that character and uh man dude it is badass no i i the agree looker. The I, yeah i agree um the one thing i noticed like i had mentioned like i said it's at you know ps4 only ran like at 30 frames per second but i i just think about the amount of information on that screen and the attention to detail and how well realized the city is and the characters are that is it is yeah it's it is quite the looker to say the least and i i i haven't played that many ps4 games but i'll just say that in terms of like next gen or current gen i should say it is it, it ranks pretty high on my list it's a pretty damn good looking game um the lighting and the it's always raining and particle effects always still will always amaze me to this day because I've dabbled in it and I it's just one of the most frustrating and hardest things to nail down right and goddamn they get it right just watching the rain patter on people the ground buildings it's just gorgeous I it's it's little it's stupid de- it's it's stupid but it's little details to me like that just show that there's craftsmanship. There's it is meticulous, and I love that. All right, I was going to say, coming from a filmmaking perspective, having it rain uh, at night is actually really important just for the lighting itself, because that means all your surfaces are shiny, and therefore they can have more lights and actually show off that detail. It gives it a reason for everything to be wet. But the fact that they actually did make it rain in-game is impressive rather than just having the surfaces look wet. Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to say, Josh? 
Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I, there were many times I found myself just, like, not even advancing to the next objective so that I could just kind of walk around and, like, look at things, you know, and, like, that's, that's definitely a sign of a game that just looks really, really good. You know, there are a few other games that I would say that about, too, where I just kind of pan the camera around and, like, take it all in, and, like, this is for sure one of those games. Yeah, I, I've done that when I was on top of Wayne Tower and um, just – kind of like, you know, in my crouching position, just looking over the city and man, it's, I just can't get over how well realized it is. It's, it's just something, uh, people just need to experience and in, in, in play in the future. Or if they have, you know, awesome. And, you know, I hope they share our same sentiments because I can't stop thinking about it. But, um, other things that I, I want to touch upon, uh, that are newer additions that I don't remember from the previous games is some um, you every now and then you get to tag team with um with one of your you know colleagues uh, uh Robin Catwoman uh Nightwing at a time at a certain point and holy shit like just adding that tag team element um for the PlayStation you can press L1 It'll, a message will pop up on screen and it'll say, you know, um, you know, you know, tag team or double team on a like a on a villain or something. And then they will just bust into this uh, crazy move whatsoever. I watched Batman like like Robin kicked a guy up in the air and then Batman just like basically like german suplexed him or just german suplexed him in midair or something like that just it's one of those gratifying moments of just feeling like a badass again like i've always thought that aside like with each game with each new entry they somehow just reassured you this whole uh this mentality that you are batman you are a badass motherfucker and we're going to make you feel like that. And boy, do they ever. Like, it's those moments that they are, they're used sparingly and they're used appropriately. And I never, every time it came up, I was just like, like kind of like rubbing my hands together. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. There's like, how many guys here? There's like 50 guys. Oh, this is going to be glorious. You just know you're just going just to kick the living shit out of them and be able to do these insane combos and tag team against, you know, one of them only when you're allowed to because of your combo meter. But when you do, it's just such a gratifying feeling. And I'm sure you guys are sharing this, share the same uh, sentiment as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really smart of them to add that extra layer of making it feel, uh, uh, Yeah, 
I agree. What about agree. you, Ben? Uh, what um, about you? Um, I probably feel a little bit less than you guys do about it. I mean, I, and not that I didn't, not that I didn't mind playing as Nightwing or Robin or Catwoman in any of those parts, but um, I felt like every time they did it, it kind of teased me a little bit. Like they could have done with all the side missions they make Batman go on, like. You know how in, uh, Justin, you might not know, I'm not sure if you've played Grand Theft Auto V, but I know Josh, I think, has played Grand Theft Auto V. You're able to switch, yeah, you're able to switch at any time to, like, Trevor or Michael or Mm -hmm. as, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the third guy's name. Um, But there's three different characters you can switch throughout the world. And you can jump. You can jump into their lives at any point during the missions or any time. You know, and there are certain times where you just can't, st- based on the story. But it it did kind of feel like you know if they're able to just like suddenly by the press of a button be able to switch to Nightwing or switch to Robin or Catwoman or whoever, it makes me feel kind of like gosh, you know, I wish I wish they were like Robin specific stories in the storyline where he is doing his own thing or maybe that's part of the story or something like that. I'm not. I'm not saying that I didn't like the the. The takedowns, I guess, is what they're called. Yeah. Uh, takedowns. I guess. I guess they are takedowns. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all fine. That was kind of a cool thing, but like, it just made me think, like, oh man, the potential here is almost like they were teasing. I think I feel like the first time I played it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna have me play missions as Nightwing now. Oh shit, that's all. You know, as a Batman fan, I think that's amazing and awesome, and and this never happened unless you got like some DLC, some like mediocre DLC later on. But uh, but yeah, no, I. I feel I feel what you guys are saying, and I and I agree. But it was also kind of like a tease to me. Like also, I, I kind of wish I had, wish I had more of of that and more variety. Because there were just some missions, uh, within this particular Batman in comparison to the others that I feel like really made the game suffer. Oh. And I think that has to do with scale, and that's where I was gonna go with my direction okay. uh, in, in the discussion, if you'll allow. I'll allow um, I'll allow it! <laughs> it's like, I like, think the judge, I'll allow it. Um, so this comes from, I am, I am to help me with this, I, I referenced uh, a YouTube channel called Mark Brown's uh, Game Maker's Toolkit. And in it, uh, there's an episode where he talks about scale. Scale in games... Sometimes when it's a giant open world sandbox game, uh, a game can hurt uh, or or help uh, certain things about the aspects of the storyline. And Justin, you and I talked offline about how you know which one is our favorite of the three of Arkham games, like the three of the trilogy, not Origin or anything like that. I think I might like Night last in comparison to the other two. Not for any particular reason, not because it looks bad, not because, you know, but, but I think some things suffer in terms of the scale. And I'll, and if you'll allow me to explain, bigger isn't always better, is what uh, uh, Mark Brown states. Um, does, does Batman benefit from more space in the game? And I, and I kind of agree with Mark when I say, I think, I think some of the elements kind of suffered. Um, in, in Asylum, you're confined to a much smaller, more intimate space, hiding out, like, you know, in, in like, like specific types of rooms where baddies with guns and you're hunting them down like a, like a killer in like a horror film. Like they're scared of you. You're able to set up traps. You're able to do certain things within those rooms in those first games. And you actually feel like Batman. You feel like, like you are a predator hunting down, you know, people in the woods or something like that. Like, I think that really works. That's a really Batman feeling, you know, 
Not that you don't in these other games. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we'll get to that. But in City, they open it up, you know, a few blocks. You got more gadgets, more more rooftop, you know, random rooftop sandbox stuff. Um, you Those sandbox uh, games need elements like bases, like in Far Cry or cop chases in GTA, to, like, justify the space, right? Like, they give you things you know, on a much larger scale to justify having that much space. But in like Arkham Knight, it is almost like a, a like mini GTA map where you fly from place to place and stuff like that. Um, random rooftops, the, the Batmobile tank, uh, Assassin's Creed style training missions, or not, tra- not training, tailing missions where you tail someone like, like around to a weapons cache or something like that. And then liberating towers. And there was, and it's just like a re- repetitious type of thing. It's almost like he compared the the he compared the giant world of Arkham Knight to a very elaborate menu system where you have to like instead of instead of just picking a mission and just immediately starting at a mission, it like it's a world where you have to actually travel to it and and pick what you want out of it. Um, and also uh, with the larger story, with the, with a smaller story in Arkham, you're very confined to, you know, the space where something if something happens in the story, um, it 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 uh, almost uh, demands immediacy. Oh, get to the next room, get to the next two rooms. We got to get through, or blah blah blah. You know. Whereas in Arkham Knight, uh, the story can lose its focus when players have the world open up to them in handfuls of things to go and do. It loses its sense of immediacy and distractions such as bank robbery, stopping, uh, what does that say? Stopping, so, stopping something, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, I, I couldn't read what, I'm, what, I, what I wrote. Tra- uh, training Azrael and, uh, you know, you're, you're going after man bat. Like, when you're trying to rescue, like the example of, like, early on in the game, Catwoman is, is coming, you know, is being kidnapped by the Riddler. And that's a story point. That's a story point in which you need to progress. Um, you can take your time getting to her. She's not going to go anywhere, you know, and I think they even joke about it. You know, she's like, Oh, I've been waiting this whole time or something, you know, like you don't, it's not like in dark Knight where you have to like rush off to get to, you know, the two face or Joker, you know, place or something like that. You can take your time getting there. Cause there's like a million other things you could be doing. And so like the repetitive in tasks, which ones? uh, the dark Knight, the, 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 the movie, you where, said like, dark she had Knight. A, did I say Dark Knight? Oh, okay. Yeah, I meant Dark Knight, where, where he has yeah, to choose between I just didn't Ray, know we were. I didn't Rachel. know we were jumping to movie there. Sorry. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, like, like much like in the film and stuff like that, where it is like, oh my gosh, I gotta hurry up and get there before the villain kill. You know what I mean? Like, they could have made that linear, in in like a smaller scale game, but because of the scale, it wouldn't make any sense, right? You would need an open world to have all that stuff. Um, I was right. gonna fi- I was gonna finish here real quick because I don't want to take up too much of the time on this, but. Uh, uh, repetitive tasks and difficulty ramp up and can happen in a sandbox, but huge open world doesn't attract... Oh, I was going to say, uh, like, a huge open world, you can have tons of repetitive tasks over and over again. I mean, I, I guess in all three games, you're beating up bad guys and stuff anyways. But, like, you have to liberate towers in each one. You have to do the, the, the Batmobile tank mission almost every, you know, 20 minutes or so, it feels like. You know, they're, they're, you don't have to put so much filler in a enclosed space. And and I guess the, the comparison he makes here is Arkham City is to Resident Evil, where the, the, the house, the haunted house, is filled with 
all these traps and puzzles and things to figure out and a, and a maybe maybe not the best story but like they can much like in like an uncharted game if it's more linear they can tell a better story because they lead you and can train you on the new things that are coming whereas an open world it's almost impossible to do that very well because they have to concede to the fact that you can go anywhere and do anything and be distracted by anything that's the reason why i think i prefer arkham as more of a better paced game better story game and just a better uh i don't know like like don't get me wrong because i love soaring through the skies of gotham just like zipping out of the batmobile and just i really i really tried not to the second playthrough to use the batmobile because i honestly found that i didn't like it as much but there are moments where you have to use it but zipping through and flying around gotham that feels like batman it does but once again i mean there's just so much to do and so many different things that I feel like it lost something. It lost some of the some of the the feelings of its its origin of not not Batman origins, Arkham origins, but Arkham Asylum origins that that made that series so good. And I feel like it's it's been not going downhill ever since, but it's been evolving to that ever since. I will I will say that um, like particularly some of the side missions that you you can obviously do or not do. Um, the ones that I did, I felt like, uh, like I rescued the fireman and I stopped professor pig. I stopped two face. Uh, I never did stop the penguin cause I didn't give a shit about that. Um, the Riddler, I would have thought, you know, the final games that maybe they would dial back on the amount of trophies <coughs> and riddles you have to nope. solve. Um, it was just nope. under 250 and I just thought, <laughs> what the hell is your problem? Because here's a quote, here's a quote from, from Mark Brown. It's natural to equate tons of features with quality, do less um, and amazingly well than do more and have it mediocre. And right. that's, I think that's exactly what we're hitting on right here. If right. you just do a, a 250 riddles to solve, eh, I'll, I won't do that. Cause they're not going to, they're not going to change your life. They won't. No. But there's moments like Professor Pig and the Mad Hatter story and the Mr. Freeze story this time was really touching and heart and heartfelt. You know, there was all these different villain specific missions that were so much better and so much more well done that I'd rather spend my time doing those than mm-hmm. like rescue another uh cache of weapons or or blow up uh uh you know another bomb Tal- that need, yeah. you know yeah, exactly. It, it, there was so much more better variety of missions but still there was that repetitiveness that i felt like that first time around and like oh you got to dismantle the bomb master bruce and stuff like that with the with the batmobile and then the only way to dismantle them is to fight a ton of tanks it's like fuck this (laughs) i ain't doing this again (laughs) so uh the um yeah i would say that the only time i started like doing regular stuff was just to save catwoman because it was more of a right it was was required story stuff yeah. yeah it was a story you know interactive that I, you know, felt like I wasn't getting much of that except out of the main missions. So that the reason why I was doing that side mission with Catwoman because I just really enjoyed uh, their banter, and I thought that was really fun and great to have. And that you know the possibility of you know tag teaming with her was also pretty great too. And and with me, I just thought. Yeah, I like I like this. And then after I rescued her, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> if I saw fin- if oh, I saw okay. a trophy if I saw a trophy along the way, 
I'll nab it, no problem. But I'm not going to go actively searching these goddamn right. fucking things because I didn't like them in Asylum, I didn't like them in City, and I sure as hell don't fucking like them now. This is I was going to say, I stupid. did find them all in Asylum, and I and I did, I did not find it worth it. No. Even in that game, I, I really didn't I really didn't care, like... To find them all. Like, it was fun to look for riddles and going, ooh, this cell has Calendar Man stuff in it. Ooh, you know, that's kind of fun. But, yeah, ultimately, like, where it ultimately leads you isn't isn't anything that's really, like, special. Like, you hear a, It's just stuff you could look up on YouTube. And, right. And enjoy it that way, too. And that's so. what I did for the end of the Riddler. Because I go... Yeah, yeah, same here. Because I, I just thought... Okay, I just, I'm sure someone did it, and sure enough, they did, and watched it, I was like, it wasn't that gratifying. And you know what even sucks is that um, we we're talking about, you know, basically the game gets in the way of itself. Uh, that's 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 the issue that's, that's at hand here. Let's touch upon the Batmobile, because I've heard of the Batmobile several well, times throughout the internet. Let me say this first. When... when the Batmobile appeared in Asylum. I nerded the fuck out. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, there's the Batmobile. This is going to be great. And then we didn't get in Arkham City. You didn't get to use an Asylum. And finally, you get to use him in you know, Arkham Knight in, in Gotham City here. And I'm thinking, hell yeah. And so and here's the thing. I like what the Batmobile can do. I don't like how it was implemented in the game. That I want I want to separate those two things out, okay? I like its functions in terms of missiles, uh, its primary weapons. I like the fact that you could charge through cars and just make them explode. I I think it's I think it's hilarious that when you run people over, it just electrocutes them off to the side so you're not really murdering people, whatever. Anyway, you're killing them. And then the other one that I can think of off the top of my head is to be able to eject Batman out of the Batmobile and fly across the city. So the features of the Batmobile are great. How it was implemented in the game and overly used, and I must stress overly used. Overly used. Was problematic. Like, that is my... Go ahead. I mean, I think... I, I'm not sure that anyone will dispute, correct me if I'm wrong, that like the, the Batmobile and the tank, especially portions of that, are the weakest parts of this whole game. At first, it was really cool, and then it just became annoying. Yeah, exactly. Like When you first jump in it, you're right, Destiny. It was like, holy shit, that looks so cool. And uh, you start zipping around in it. I, I Truthfully, I didn't have a big problem with like just staying in Batmobile mode and driving the city because it you know had a good sense of speed and it was kind of fun to just be in the batmobile but then the tank things got old very quickly um but yeah back to what you were saying like i don't know i guess i'm i I definitely see what you're saying ben but i guess for me like i didn't care about a lot of those those things that were very clearly like kind of tack on extras like the the statues and and you know the say the firemen and all that other stuff that it was, it was, I don't know, it was kind of clear to me that that wasn't, like, uh, a mission type that was, like, an area of focus for them. So, I don't know. I guess, like, the side missions that I did choose to do, like, it seemed like they had substance, and I wasn't necessarily disappointed in the quality of them or uh, just, you know, what I got out of that. So, 
I don't know. And I also and, that, and that's assuming you got to. I mean, you got to. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Sorry. No, that's okay. I was just gonna say I, I felt like I I had almost equal moments of uh, of feelings of of repetitiousness in the other two Arkham games as I had here. They might have been a little bit different moments of feeling like things were getting a little repetitive, but I didn't necessarily feel like it was more. But that's just me. Yeah. No. I mean, I you I, I feel like we might have played differently too by the way you're describing it. It sounded Probably. like you just said, well, I just kind of went and did side missions I felt were cool. Whereas yeah, I, exactly. first time I played, I tried to play every bit of content, like squeezed every single bit of it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's a good way to play, <laughs> not with this one. In a lot, yeah. in a lot of open world games, where you try in Grand Theft Auto, I think there was like a, a, a side quest where you could find all the pigeons and shoot them with a pistol or something, or kill all the pigeons and you get something. Like I like it's there's all these things that you could do, like collectible stuff. That it, it's not, it's just kind of. It's kind of old, like, and and then and then not only that, it gets old within the design of the game. Like, I would rather just focus on other cool stuff. If you want to go through the whole story mode and ne- and never focus on one side mission, you could do that. You can. It'll force you to. It'll force you to dip your toes into some of the Riddler stuff. But I mean, it's more like giving you a taste of what it's like to go find and solve riddles. That, that way while you're out in the wild it, I mean it's a it's a kind of an interesting way to train you to learn to look for uh, enigmas uh, stuff but at the end of it all like I mean if, if someone doesn't want to go for it they don't have to but um, I wanted to finish my point though I mean and not that not that there's any much more to say about scale but th- I wanted to like supplement that with what I thought was really good about the game too I mean you you uh, I think SB already kind of touched on uh, Hamill's performance. Or just the Joker in general, the use of the Joker. I think we all kind of talked about uh, the Joker, but I think the way that they put him in this game, um, I don't think has been seen in a in a game like or a, or a comic or or any of the films or anything like that. Like I've never seen the Joker portrayed in this way before, where he's in Bruce's head and he and he's able to kind of taunt him because Joker or because Bruce is hit with with uh, with some Joker toxin since the last game. Uh, or and maybe like a bit of fear toxin and is dealing with a bunch of crap and and he has to pretty much go through the whole game kind of hallucinating not kind of i think he's very much hallucinating uh that that the joker is over his shoulder at every at, at every moment and the the way that the joker appears and comes out and slyly almost like the cheshire cat comes out and kind of like is just there and and creepily uh, goes through the background and, and, and is just able to comment on situations that are going on is, is I thought was very, very well done. And, um, and ultimately the send off at the very end of the game, um, where they, they finally say goodbye to the Batman Joker, um, uh, uh, relationship, the, the, the relationship between those two and what happens and how, and, and giving you the perspective of the Joker. But once again, I'd like to point out that it's a very linear based, type of part of the game maybe that's why it's maybe a little bit more memorable to me because there is a path a straight path through that takes you through it and and rather than it being like choose your own adventure you know where you could choose what there's no immediacy to it there you have to you actually play as the joker with a gun going around and doing all this stuff and then eventually going into a courtyard with all the batman statues and stuff that was a very interesting memorable scene that i think really works 
and and is and stays true to those two characters and how one needs the other. Right. That's a very now, Batman I, Joker thing. I couldn't agree more. I think that, that that's one of the most brilliant things about this game, actually. If you, I love his line really he, as he's getting thrown away. Uh, no, just the general notion of bringing Mark Hamill's Joker back into this game through this psychological narrative where, you know, Batman is basically going crazy and you still get these awesome nuggets of Mark Hamill's Joker, you know, just popping up through the environment and stuff because... I mean, I really thought that he was one of the best parts of the other two games, too. I mean, he's just such an awesome Joker that it would have been a real bummer if he wouldn't have made an appearance in this game, right? Like, I mean, we talked about the beginning. That's cool that you light him on fire and stuff, but it was also kind of sad because you're like, well, shit. Like, you know, that was really cool to, like, hear him cackling and, like, you know, he's just such a good villain. And, uh, man, dude, so smart to bring him back in this way. Like, whoever thought of this, hats off because, um, you know, I think we, we touched on this before in, uh, in a couple of the other podcasts, but, you know, Batman, it seems like always has some sort of psychological underpinning to the narrative, right? There's always kind of this, like, this weird thing where, like, oh, you know, this, this guy's running around in his bat suit, you know, like, he's, he's maybe a little bit off his rocker anyway, but to really bring it home with this, you know, like, he's injected with this nerve gas or whatever it is, and he's, or... I can't remember what it was. It was some strain of disease that I actually had to look up <laughs> in, in the story. And it's like something, um, I can't remember what it was. It's something close to to schizophrenia or something. I can't remember what it is. But anyway, it's basically like a mutated strain that makes him start slowly turning into the Joker. And uh, anyway, I, I think it's I think it's one of the, the best parts of the game and the story for sure. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I could not agree more. Uh, Overall, I think between all the games, uh, story is just kind of the king, and I think it was a great way to just end the trilogy. Yeah, as far as story is concerned. uh, Yeah, no, I that that closing of the story was um, like home, like grand slam for me. Like this is. This is like the one of the best forms of closure I can have with uh, with the Joker. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna savor this moment because I thought um, that it was pretty much top notch with everything and how they incorporated him into this game. Because when I heard that you know Mark Hamill was doing in the voiceover for the Joker, I'm like, how are they gonna do this? And then within like you know maybe like ten minutes of the game, first you know first ten minutes of the game, you kind of realize, oh, I get it, and he is just says whatever he wants can do whatever he wants i i was like god this is it's so weird how we talk about how batman needs joker i fucking need joker in these games because he is like (laughs) he is the anchor uh for these games for me he really is and the funny and the funny thing is on more of like a, a more physical sense he was not like the villain like this is of course like of course the joker is like internal struggle with batman but of course uh another uh, another person appeared or two of them we had scarecrow and the arkham knight i had said much earlier on in a conversation like on facebook or whoever it was i had said like this feels like under the red hood a lot and when the reveal came along i was like i was fucking right I was like, God 
damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing. I don't know if this is a bad thing. I'm the the dialogue was just really well written too, like for for the Joker's lines. Like it it was awesome how it just kind of like skirted this like it had points where he was saying shit that was just so like offensive. And, like you know that this Batman or certainly Christopher Nolan's Batman would have just lost his mind and like tried to beat the shit out of him if he was there in physical form because of what he was saying to him. You know, just basically like laughing in his face and throwing these things about uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, you know, like it was his fault and like all this other stuff. But then he would also bob back into just like kind of almost feeling sorry for Batman and like, you know, empathizing with him and stuff and like basically talking like, well, it's it's all, you know, like like they were a pair basically like. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just really, really well done. Mm hmm. Uh so guys, so what do you think of the Arkham Knight? Let, let's let, let's touch upon this because I don't know how we cannot talk about as the character. Yes. What you? How do you guys? When you guys encountered him, like what were your initial thoughts? And then when I guess it ended, like what what was your overall impression of this character? Like what was it worth your while? Like what what did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, Justin, I can start with you, man. Uh, did you have any impressions about him? Um, how far into spoilers are we going? We're spoiling shit. Out That's of just kind of my general question first. Okay, I mean it is like two years old now, right? Yeah. Uh, so Almost. it's hard to spoil something two years old. But um, the overall, like, I'm fine with it because I really do like the Red Hood storyline as far as the comics and even the animated film are concerned. But the fact that Jason Todd hadn't really been mentioned a whole lot throughout the series is almost a bit of a letdown. Cause like, if that was something that could have progressed through the three games or to where maybe in the first or second game, if he was brought up the fact that he did die. Yeah. I, I think need to watch I'll it progress. That. that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, now that now that you say that, like I think that's what I that's what I'm feeling right now that the fact there was no mention of him at all within the first two games and now it's like all of a sudden oh, Jason Todd story here. Here you go. I mean, I like that story overall. I mean, I I like Under the Red Hood. I think it's a fantastic story. And, you know, as a film, it does what it needs to do, you know, beginning, middle, and end. But this game I, I just felt like despite liking that storyline I have to think of how it is used in context in this game I don't it's not earned how about that I don't think it's earned and as much as I want to really enjoy this moment between Jason Todd and Batman only because only because the external source that I've always, you know, that I've already experienced. I didn't experience this through the Batman game. So that's what I'm trying to get at. I had an external source of material, which is already, which already knew the story. I already knew what had happened to Jason Todd. And so when this happened, I'm like, this is not earned. I like the moment, but like you just said, Justin, 
there was no mention in the first two games whatsoever. It was it's like one of my biggest problems with the Star Wars prequels. Anakin Skywalker just goes just straight evil. He does some some crazy shit in Episode Two, but in three, it's like full on Darth Vader already. It's like where's the fucking build up? More build up, man. More build up, build up, build up, build up. Anticipation, and then just yeah. Anyway. Ben, since you are like a Batman proficionado, yeah, I was gonna say um, uh, at the time this game was made, it came out in 2015. Uh, Under the Red Hood, the comic series would have been about 10 years old. Okay. And I remember it when it came out. I don't remember it very fondly. I don't remember really liking it that much. Um, I thought they are kind of already did that, did that kind of storyline with the, with the uh, with the storyline of Hush. You guys have read Batman Hush. Yes. Uh, it's about um, someone from Bruce's past comes back in his life. Well, I feel like that was kind of what... I mean, Hush came out in probably the early 2000s, and then this storyline, Under the Red Hood, came out in uh, maybe the, the mid-2000s. And I felt like by the time I had read that, I'm like, well, this kind of already been done. And the moment that they started showing when you're in the, when you're in the uh, movie studios... Uh, there was these like uh, surreal sequences where you would be walking around a dark room and t- Jason Todd would be s- strapped to a chair and uh, it would be like Joker beating the shit out of him and stuff like that. When they started introducing Jason Todd, it became pretty clear and quite honestly for Bat- for Batman reader predictable about who the Arkham Knight was. And it's not, and I don't really feel like I don't really want to count against them. Like, oh, well, that's just terrible oh, I, why would they do that or something like that but it almost made me feel like well then why call him the arkham knight why not just call him the red hood because that's that is essentially who he becomes in the comics right so right yeah absolutely. but i guess they give it away i think they the one it, to exactly. have that reveal and they need within to have the game him, yeah and they need to have him with uh with with uh they need to keep the title arkham and stuff like that i get that but but yeah to be real honest like it wasn't it much like the rest of the the story, with the exception of the very ending Joker stuff, I don't think it was very strong. I mean, that's why I that this is we're talking about the Arkham Knight and that whole storyline, and like killing of Barbara and the killing of of uh, Poison Ivy and and uh, killing of Barbara, meaning like like when she holds a gun to her head, not the killing joke part because she did not die; she was just paralyzed. Um, where you where you spend half the game thinking that that she's dead and Gordon is like you're not getting Gordon's help anymore because he's just like I can't believe you would do this to my daughter and stuff like that and all that. That was really so, sad though. I was like I was I thought that was really well done, but I wasn't sure if that was going to play out the way I thought and it and it essentially was negated, but when 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 she came out when she came out the end of the uh end of the game, I was like, "Oh, she's alive." Yeah, it was a little disappointing, I guess. I don't know. I was like, come on, But man. it's a very comic book thing to do. It's a very Batman comic book thing to do to bring back old dead characters. Because sometimes they're just too cool to kill. That's, I mean, elect, the, the whole story of Elektra in the Daredevil Frank Miller comics and stuff like that. You just don't kill cool characters. They, they always find a way back, you know. It's, right. just like, it's like every other character. I mean, that, we can get into a whole topic about superhero, my problems with superhero comics in general right here. But I'm not going to do that. Uh... But essentially, yeah, I mean, I, I saw it, I go, okay, this might appeal to some, um, I guess I'm, I feel like I'm so like jaded and, sh- and shitty about it, but I don't want to want to be that way. But I, I guess I enjoyed it to a degree, 
but ultimately i like the joker uh funeral yeah. way i'm gonna call that's what i'm gonna call it the joker funeral way better the burial the burial of the joker or something like that no i'm with you, i just man. think that that was so much so much stronger so much well well written this is also the first uh in the series of this trilogy because i think origins was written by somebody else right that wasn't ri- written by a uh, really famous batman writer paul dini um, who also worked on the animated series. He did some comics, but he also worked on the animated series. And it makes sense, right? Because you got, you got Paul Dini writing Joker and Kevin Conroy's voice for, for Batman. Like, it only makes sense to get the writer of those, car- those classic dark cartoons right, from the absolutely. 90s to, to oh, do yeah. this. But I feel like it kind of, it, uh, you know, that's another reason why I think it might have suffered a little bit in terms of, you know... Other than having a, a huge open world to kind of like dissect your story in, um, I also feel like maybe they could have gotten a Batman writer on it. I don't, I'm not sure, sure who the writer is on this, but I, I sure feel sorry for them trying to like stuff as much crap in as they can <laughs> as they try to do it. At least, with, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, at least with Arkham, the other game. Yeah, exactly. Well, they got to build on that world, and at the same time, they got to make this world interesting, and at the same time, they got to keep the player interested. So you know, you have to, you know, I, I'm sure writing that was not easy at all, and all all props to him. But the uh, the, the structure of the story in Arkham Asylum was obviously much smaller, much more simpler, but it, it just it it was tight. It made sense. Like I just I feel like it was it's way more memorable in my mind of what happened exactly in that story. And, and the things that happened in that story game wise were very creative. You guys remember what that was like walking down the hallway in Arkham Asylum and thinking that the Joker was your only problem. I mean, sure. You might see other like bad guys running around, but then all of a sudden the can the, the camera angle kind of turned like a Dutch angle kind of tilted and things started to happen that weren't normal. And you started to realize that maybe it might be fear gas. And that, and then the the scarecrow comes out of nowhere. Like the introduction of that character was so strong in that first game because it creeped you out at first. You didn't know what was happening. You thought maybe something was going wrong with the game or something. And then they fucking smack you across the face with the morgue, and you see your dead parents and stuff like that. And like that's Batman getting into that psyche. Bruce is dead. Bruce died that night ten years ago. He is now fully Batman. Like he he they. That that game explored that really well, and they, and they go back it down the alleyway again in the second game and in the and in the origin game and and finally this one I I I know you go into Crime Alley in this in this uh, Arkham Knight, but you're punching a bunch of Jokers and stuff like that, and that's one of the things that was so cool about that was was that he's in you, he's in you, and he's and he's still he's even after his death he is posthumously causing fucking chaos, and that's that's great, that's great. So. That, it's very Joker-like. And speaking of the Scarecrow, uh, that was something uh, I was alluding to earlier on in my conversation about something, uh, uh, a confession that I have that was such a missed opportunity was when – I remember when they first introduced um, the Scarecrow in an asylum. Um, I, I too thought something wrong, something wrong, was wrong with my game and then only to turn out it's like essentially a nightmare sequence that yeah. you are going Turn through. Turn into a horror game. I'd love yeah. to see Rocksteady do a horror game now yeah. because of that. <laughs> it would be great. But And I was thinking when the Scarecrow had you captured, he took Bruce Wayne's mask off, 
or he took Bruce Wayne took his mask off, whatever. Anyway, and then injected him. I really thought they were gonna bring that nightmare sequence back again, so that you can like defeat the Scarecrow. Like it like come around full circle the way you were introduced to that character, and the very last time you defeat that character would be the similar way in a much more uh, nightmarish messed up manner but that didn't happen i really thought i just thought that was going to happen like this is going to be the all of all of all levels that you can do with scarecrow this is going to be it and it never happened and i just thought no mm. they would i think they would rather turn gotham into this big nightmare world with all the fear gas taking over and the city's it's not safe above a certain level of the city and it's just kind of weird and it looks hellish almost i don't know it, i don't know well, you already, yeah. you already you already stopped that with poison that ivy that was a did you not is that am i wrong correct me if i'm wrong like did, what's up didn't what you didn't you like already stop this whole fear gas thing again with uh poison ivy and her plants or was there more going on i maybe i don't remember this that's what so that's that's my point though is like the fact that we can't even remember that and i like literally just played this like a couple weeks ago me too it's like the fact that this isn't that's why i think i don't think the story is as is as uh is as structured as well as it is in arkham at least with arkham it's like go to the Mm -hmm. medical wing go to this wing go rescue this person go rescue that person and then, like, it, it all kind of just ends in the part where it all ends up where you end up going into the, the final part of the asylum where the, the picture of the Joker is complete and all the bad guys are lined up outside going, yeah, Joker, and stuff like that as you're walking up to the building. You walk in through, like, the Joker's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, I remember that. It was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Some yep. else, yeah, I don't know. It's just... That's my point. I But at the same time, like, this game isn't bad. Like, I, like, I just don't... I don't know. It's... It's not. I, I enjoyed it. It's. It's. Yeah. We're not like saying it. it's a bad game. It's just uh, we're just pointing out aspects of the game that aren't as strong. They're fine. Like overstuffed. Yeah, I, feel like it was I think. Overstuffed. I. I think so too. More is not better. You probably would have enjoyed the game if you did. If it wasn't the third in line of two great games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. That, yeah. I mean that's why I was wondering why not dial back on the Riddler trophies and shit like why why not do that and why in the bloody hell do I have to complete more side missions or collect all the Riddler trophies and solve all his riddles to in order to get the proper and I mean proper in quotation marks ending the nightfall ending why why do I have to do that why are you going to make me as a player not make me, but um, why are you going that route? I don't get that. Like the oh, you mean like like killing off Batman, sort of? And yeah. Like having Bruce move on and having Azrael take over and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's essentially like, the real why, ending. Why is the game telling me that in order, Mike, in order for you to, you know, to get the true ending of Batman, Arkham Knight, you need to complete everything the whole city's safe nothing to worry otherwise because then batman would have left things unfinished i and know he wouldn't that. do that i know he wouldn't do that but to make the player 
go through that amount of hell collecting trophies, which no one, barely, no one has liked since the first game. Like, you have to do that. Agreed. Like, why the fuck would you do that to your players who are, like, loyal to this, loyal to the developer <laughs> and, you know, and publisher? Like, you, you've got a, you have a great franchise in your hands, and you know what? I felt like when that happened, I was given the middle finger. I was like, that is bullshit. Why are you preventing me from doing this? Like, Why? I just don't fucking get it. I I really don't. And that made me upset. Like, that really killed my mojo for a bit after that was done. Because I was like, I kind of like tossed the controller. I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. I have good things and bad things to say about this game. God damn it. I was going to say, you got to listen to yourself at the beginning of this episode and now listen to yourself. I know. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. I know, but that, but, but those, <laughs> Sorry. but those, but those were the, my exact, those, the emotions that were in the very beginning of this episode were exactly how I was feeling at the very beginning of the game and the other games as well. And then as the game progressed in this, in Arkham Knight, again, not a bad game. It's just, there's a lot of disappointment in here. There is. And it just sucks to say it because I like the Batman franchise so goddamn much. It's not out of hatred. It's out of, like, passion, man. Like, this is me just upset about how things just well, play just, out. You really enjoyed the first two games and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, for designers, it, part, of the, part of the thing is... Part of the thing is is when giving you a new entry into a series, a lot of the times the games will try to give you more content or give you better content or give you bigger content, and they'll give it to you in five different ways and all this stuff like that. And it's just it's it's all in it's all in the in the and it's the same thing with like movie sequels and and they do it all the time in comic books and stuff like that. Like they always try to impress you with more and more and more. And you know sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. And this is one of those times where I feel like. There's just enough in this game to satisfy a Batman fan. I feel like there's a lot of stuff here. Like, like I, I would go ahead and go ahead and say that the the uh, the four missions, the four extra DLC missions um, that I think you got for free. If you got the well, you didn't get them for free. I think you get them with the season pass or something like that. Like I got the game of the year version crap when it came out because it was all like super cheap and and whatnot. And it was nice to get. Uh, it was nice to get a. a, a, a just four standalone stories where you just throw different people in in gotham's at the very end of the missions you throw the villains in the in the cells i think the the mad hatter one was pretty good because that one um you fought you guys play that one it's you fight on like a storybook i don't think so no there's all yeah you fight on this giant book that and 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 the mad hatter jervis tetch is like over top of you going ah ha ha and like really huge he's like hallucinating again batman is big surprise and you fight (laughs) every time he turns the page it's a new it's the it's the sequels to the game so you fight outside of a of a pop it's kind of like a pop-up book but it looks like all lewis carroll drawn uh book I, i don't think it's lewis carroll that drew it i think it's a different illustrator but it looks like the lewis carroll through the looking glass uh book or whatever and uh uh-oh my dog's gonna go ballistic now um and uh and then when you fight all the villains it's the villains from like you fight uh the thugs 
that look like the thugs from Arkham Asylum. And then the book flips. And then you fight the, the bad guys from Arkham City. And they're dressed up like the Arkham City villains. And then after that, the book flips and you fight Arkham Knight guys. It's like it's almost like celebratory of what of what came and stuff like that. There was a good Mister Freeze mission where someone like wanted to do something to Nora, and like Nora finally gets unmelted out of the stuff. Uh, did you play this part? No, I didn't. Oh, really? It's so good. It's so good. This is the first time I think I've ever seen in a comic or in the show or any of the movies. Where Nora Freeze is unfrozen from her slumber, I guess. And she's telling... Oh, it's so fucking heartbreaking. She tells like Victor Freeze, like, it's okay. I can die. You can let me go. I, I, I was happy with you and we were together. And now it's time for me to, to move on and, and to move, move on through this life and stuff like that. And he's got he's to gotta be like accepting of that. And Batman's like in the background going, all right, this is what we're doing. So it's just like, damn... So it's just it was it was heartfelt and great and 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 it was I loved it I, yeah I just spoiled that whole shit but like like the main parts of it but but that's it's good stuff it was good it was really good <laughs> and it was like a standalone thing that had nothing to do with the story it, it's DLC I'm trying to think what, of what else it was DLC right you said uh, it was a DLC it's uh, the uh, Gotham's most wanted uh, DLC and it was four different missions where you where you got to do so- oh yeah let me talk about the DLC real quick. None of it's none of it's worth it except those those things. <laughs> I cool that you bit... get for free. Like I, yeah. I didn't even realize I got like the uh, I think it's uh, Harley Quinn stuff. The uh, the Catwoman stuff too. Yeah, there's a Catwoman mission. There's Harley Quinn stuff. There's Nightwing stuff. There's a Batgirl uh, mission where you go to a completely new part of Gotham that wasn't even in the game. It's like an amusement park or whatever, and you have to. You have to figure out the mystery there with the Joker. It's like bad, it's like a it's like a prequel when the Joker was alive. None of that stuff is really worth a damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be real honest. And I really like playing all that content and playing all that stuff. And it was just like it was kind of a chore. Um, you can play some time trials, like like Batmo, Batman or Batmobile trials of like the different tracks and stuff like that, which sounds horrible. But uh, you can drive, like, the 66 Batmobile, the 1989 Michael Keaton Batmobile, all the skins. It was really cool because I played most of my playthrough this time as the Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> so it, it, was, it, looked, it looked awesome. Like, I, I even sent, I think I sent you guys a, a picture on, on it of, of what he looked like. Because he has, like, the original symbol. I mean, you could play as the Christian Bale Batman. They even I was had, the Val um, Kilmer one this time. The Val Kilmer Batman from Batman yep. Forever. Yep. Uh, yeah, they had that one. And I think they had. Uh, I think they even had the Ben Aff- the the Batfleck one. So. Oh wow. So yeah. That's yeah, cool. they even had that one. Even the Batmobile from that one. They yeah. had like pretty much every every single one. It was That's, really cool. That sounds. I mean, the skins and all sounds cool. Sorry to hear that the DLC wasn't really worth a damn. Yeah, a lot of the playable stuff wasn't, but the Go- the Gotham Most Wanted stuff definitely was. I, I I think that's some of the best content that should have been honestly in the game. Um, but. But it's it it's, it's so. kind of like Eden Prime and Mass Effect 3 should have been in there, but it wasn't. I think uh, the Shadow Broker should have been in too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think with all that said and done, we can go into final thoughts. Uh, first off with Justin. Hey, Justin, so basically what we do here is on a scale of 1 to 10, we just basically rate our – the score is just to symbolize our overall experience with the game, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest – uh, I guess for kicks and giggles, since this is a trilogy, 
Um, you can give an individual score for Arkham Knight and maybe rate the whole the trilogy as a whole. Um, up to you if you want to. But uh, okay. since you are the guest of the show, I'm allow you to go first. Uh, all right. So I guess uh, for as an entire series, uh, I'd rate the whole thing as a ten. But uh, going individual games, I'd rate Asylum 10, City 9, and this one as like a 7. Because I really did enjoy the game, but there were some points that really bothered me. But overall, I enjoyed it as a complete trilogy. Good. Uh, Josh, how about you, man? Uh, I really like this game. I think I'm probably higher on it than uh, you and Ben are from the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll go with like a nine out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I I'm not certain where it would stack up for me next to the other two. I would say it's pretty close mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I agree that there were definitely some misses in here. The Batmobile being for me the top one. Uh, again, not the Batmobile so much as the Bat Tank that <laughs> just keeps coming back over and over again. Uh. But yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot to like here for me, and I'm not full disclosure. I'm not like huge into the all the Batman story uh, storylines, like the comic book storylines and stuff. I wasn't ever really a big comic book reader. Surprisingly enough, I'm I'm like a fan of uh, all the characters, and like you know, I grew up with the movies and and the games and stuff like that. But um, so that stuff like is you know kind of like a treat for me just any storyline like to just kind of follow that all the way through um and any of this stuff is is just kind of like new for me so um yeah i mean like i said i think i'm probably a little bit higher on it than than you guys are with with respect to that but uh yeah nine out of ten uh and as as a trilogy would you say nine as well as a trilogy would i say oh the whole trilogy yeah the rocksteady trilogy man yeah nine or nine point five i really really like this this trilogy like i would still not bat an eyelash at uh at buying any game by rocksteady in this series if they were to put out another one mm-hmm. uh, on day one like these are day one games for me for sure and i'm really looking for i just wanted to add to i'm really looking forward to their next game which uh has been in development for a while no one knows for sure what it is but i was listening to a podcast yesterday and uh, the rumor is that it's definitely a WB property, and it's likely it's... another another DC property. So it could be Batman or. or it's supposed Batman, to be Superman. Suicide Squad. They were going to yeah. try to get a Suicide Squad out before the movie came out, and they ended up not uh, doing that. Suicide Squad, so. from what they were saying, they pivoted, and it's now another Batman game. But I'm not sure if that was Rocksteady that was. Ruined. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You said Rocksteady. I thought you were talking about Montreal. WB Montreal. No, WB, WB Montreal was working on that uh, Suicide Squad game. They were trying to have it out before the movie. The movie yeah. didn't do so good, or they didn't make their deadline or whatever, and now they're yeah. pivoting that WB game into a Batman game, whereas Correct. Rocksteady, who the hell knows what they're working on? Yeah, right. who knows? Um, but I'll, I'll be – I mean, they've proven, you know, that they're a really good studio as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they – this is uh this is a massively successful combat system obviously graphically uh their games look gorgeous i feel like they're paced pretty well and uh yeah i mean i'm I'm gonna be psyched to see what they come up with if they do a really good superman game i'll be super hyped because that has just never been done justice and i feel like it could be in game form so 
That'd be cool. And yeah. no, I... I, I'm going to go next because I feel like Ben Teed will have a nice closer. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, as for me, this game is a 7. I kind of equate it to um, almost in a sense of like a Return of the Jedi where the core elements of like Return of the Jedi, which is the relationship between Luke and Darth Vader, are the key central focus of that movie and that is probably by far the strongest element here it's the relationship between batman and the joker oddly enough mark hamill once again the man himself (laughs) i just realized luke yeah anyway um going off track here uh the relationship between batman and joker i i continues to flourish in this entry and that's the strongest element here um the other elements in terms that revolving around arkham knight scarecrow way i may sound like i it may sound like i hated this game i hate the trophies that's one that's for damn sure i hate the trophies and the riddles that's there's no there's no denying about that i think all of us hate it so so that's that's very common, but it's just more of out of passion of like missed opportunities, things that just didn't really stick the landing as I would hope, but it is a solid game. It really is. So seven out of 10 for Arkham Knight overall trilogy. You know what? Like it is overall trilogy is a nine. It really is. I highly recommend that people play these Rocksteady games. You should totally do it. If you have not, for mm-hmm. whatever God knows reasons why, you should totally pick them up and play them. I bought my copy of Arkham Knight on the PS4 for 10 bucks off Amazon. Brand new. Fuck Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous is... value. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. For 10 bucks, you know what? <laughs> I can Are you play... kidding me? Buy three of them. No. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, not pretty good trilogy, guys. I would say so. Uh, ben Teed, go for it, bud. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of where you and and Justin are at. I think I'm, I think my number scores probably ident- uh, are identical to Justin's. Um, I usually recommend. Justin, at, at, during the final thought for me, I usually give like a recommendation about how I how to I feel like people might enjoy this game. I feel like if they've gotten to this point in the show, they probably have played the game. But in case you haven't, I would say play first and second one. Those are great. Those are fine. Play the third one. Play most of the story stuff, like the story missions. Try to get through that. A lot of the side stuff uh, is nice and you can discover some cool things, but anything where you find yourself doing something repetitive, I just don't recommend that at all. I'd say about, that's probably about 40% of the game. Um, because most of the time you're doing something new or you're doing something that feels like Batman. Um, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but other than that, uh, in terms of the DLC, I would skip probably 75% of it and just go for those Gotham Most Wanted missions because those were seriously the best. Unless you absolutely love their repetitiveness and you don't care about just fighting tons and tons of guys over and over again because that's essentially what you do in every single one. Um, they change it up a little bit. They change the styles because each 
because like even Nightwing has a different style as opposed to Harley Quinn, as opposed to Robin, as opposed to Batman. So like yeah. all these different players have different fighting styles within the DLC. Oh, you play as Red Hood too, where you have guns, like you shoot people and stuff like that. But I think the entire trilogy is worth seeing out just for the Joker content. Like I, I feel like the last like what fifth of that game where you play as the Joker and and um, you're creeped out much in the same way that you're creeped out in the first Arkham game um, is yeah. a is a staple is a staple of Rocksteady and like I said before I, I hope they make like a horror game or something because I think they do scary really strong and I and I hope they continue to make games just in general because I think they do I think they 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 know. They know what they're doing. It just feels like the pressure was on to make something almost too overstuffed this time, and and for this third outing, and and uh and I think it I think it suffers for it. But you know that doesn't that doesn't invalidate this as a, as a bad game. I, right. I would never say that. So so by all means, play it and enjoy it. And enjoy mm-hmm. the trilogy if you haven't played it. And yeah. Overall, uh, we as a group recommend you play the game uh ben specifically has mentioned the aspect of the joker storyline is a really good um contender for for doing so and i I agree uh so yeah anyway uh i think that will conclude our episode justin thank you for coming on this podcast this is your first podcast isn't it thanks for inviting me it is good well it may be your last. Nice. It may be your last one too. And it was a good time. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, come on again. It very well may be my last. Yeah, yeah. Pick a new game. <laughs> yeah, like like we typically like anybody who recommends a game. It's like come on the show, just talk about it because there's some there's gotta be a reason why you you've chosen it. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, when we had Brandon Pete on for Dark right. Void, he had. Uh, he had openly admitted, like, the reason why I chose this game was because, well, uh, I really liked the composer, pretty much, and that was Bear McCreary uh, for that game, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, obviously, for uh, Battlestar Galactica reasons, but uh, but the game itself, I I quit, like, maybe like a quarter way through, if that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was really frustrating. <laughs> But yeah. Anyway, aside from that, um, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate you having on here, and hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, hopefully you like the way it turns out. Um, our next episode, this is gonna be a first for us. <sighs> episode sixty-three is Super Mario Galaxy for the Nintendo Wii. This first Nintendo. This is our first Nintendo uh, game. Now, I know we played Chrono Trigger that came on the Super NES, but I mean, like, first... Like, Nintendo developed. Nintendo developed game. Yeah, first party. Yeah, there you go. First party game by Nintendo. That is... Took us just over five years to do that. (laughs) We're... We have a... We, we have, have a schedule. We got five years. <laughs> yeah, we've been on. We've been doing this since 2012, man. March 2012. Jeez, bang! A lot has changed. A lot has changed. And after that, it will be a Ben Teed and Chris Lowe special. Ooh, so life life well wasted. Ooh, happy birthday, Chris! Today, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that's he's right. Mister Mr. Dirty Thirty. Is he really? Dirty Thirty. He's dirty Thirty. Dirty Thirty. Congrats to it's him. A big one. I know that feeling. Yeah, but Ben and Chris are talking about Gears of War Four. Uh, I will. I'll be moderating that conversation with them. And Josh, anyone can join. Anyone can just join. Find a, <laughs> just find a friend, play it real quick, and join us. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see what I can do. All right. Well, hopefully, best luck to you, Josh. Anyway, <laughs> for all things Caught Mode Reviews, you can find us on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and you are more than welcome to send us an email. We are on iTunes and Google Play as well. Uh, Again, thank you for our listeners for tuning in, and thank you to you guys for taking the time out of your day uh, to talk about an awesome video. Uh, well, I should say awesome video game, but a well-respected video game trilogy franchise, one of our favorite franchises. I'm gonna stop talking. We're, we're signing out. Peace. Ouch. Bye. Puppy, stop biting me, or I'm gonna sell your bones. He just bit me. Justin, I will uh, provide. I'll provide a folder where you can upload that file to us. All right, man. Is it? Is it just? Uh, is it just? Um, Works. It's just uh, Justin. Dot. Dsims. Dot com. All right. Gmail. Dot com. Sorry. Justin. Dot D. Dot Sims at Gmail. Justin oh. D. Justin D. Oh, just the, just the D. Is it just the D? Just the D. <laughs> just the tip of the D. <laughs> Is that it? That's all they ever want. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Just the D. All right. I'll make sure it's just the D. Hey, I just want you guys to know that my maturity won out when SB was talking about tag teaming with Catwoman. <laughs> I was going to say something. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, my yeah. God. And I was no. like, no, nope, I want to say, say it. it. I sent Ben a private oh. message about that while he was talking about it. Oh, I didn't see it. I have, a, I have like this whole thing. I, I, I so stuck. close. I totally. Ow, ow, ow. God damn it, guys. You hear that dog? I can hear it. You're talking about double teaming, and you mentioned the Catwoman double teaming. It yeah. was it was a little hard in there, man. It was close. It was close. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard when you double team someone. Yeah. God bless it. Double teaming that cat. So all your teeth. Oh my goodness. Game. It was easy. You just had to press L1. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>
What is it? Oh my god. This night. I don't know what bars you're hanging out in, but uh, it's not that easy out here in California. Just press L1. It's different. It's just different. Different life out there. It's different. different life you need to come back to Indiana, man. No! <laughs> Apparently. The Midwest has it easier, man. Just, you know. Sounds like one button press tag team. <laughs> 